We've come to the end of the week. It is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Thank you for joining us once again for the program that is all about y'all. It's all about the South. And here on this Friday edition of the Y'all Show, we're going to still give you all the coverage coming from Media Days here in this hour. In just a few minutes, we'll go to Hoover, Alabama, where we have the last day of Media Days in the can. And you're going to hear from the head coach of the Big Blue Nation, Mark Stoops of the Kentucky Wildcats. We've got audio from the Big Blue Nation coach, his team, a much improved 2018 and they finished actually second in the sec east behind the georgia bulldogs and we'll hear from mark stoops we'll also hear from the gus bus gus malzahn of the auburn tigers he was in hoover on the fourth day of sec media days and we'll wrap it up with some audio from Derek mason coach of the vanderbilt commodore so that will conclude all 14 coaches when we have our sec media days recap in the next segment and then in hour two we're going to have the acc media days as they had day two we've got audio coming from unc head coach mac brown that's right former north carolina coach mac brown back on the scene in chapel hill and now coming over after a few years after retiring from the university of texas mac brown back in chapel hill guiding the heels we're going to hear from mac brown we're going to hear from the coach of the virginia tech Hokies, justin fuente also we've got audio from jeff collins head coach of the georgia tech yellow jackets a newcomer in the acc this 2019 season and another newcomer although not that quite newcomer as he was just an assistant for the miami hurricanes last year in the last couple of years manny diaz is coaching the miami hurricanes and we've got audio from him at acc media days all that in hour two plus this weekend it marks the 50th anniversary of man walking on the moon back in 1969 and we've got a special song thanks to a virginia native ella fitzgerald to play for you at the beginning of the second hour in our friday free for y'all so we'll have that coming as well as a salute to those brave astronauts that went walking on the moon on july 20th of 1969 a huge weekend plan for all of you who like space and celebrate the nasa and everything that happened more than 50 years ago and a special shout out to everybody in huntsville alabama home of the space and rocket center who were taking in all the sights and sounds this weekend so that's coming up an hour two and then we'll wrap it up with a look at movies and other sports activities going on this weekend including nascar and from dixie would love will be the end of the show today if you want to connect to us here on the y'all show our number is 803-816-1170 and you can find us on the web and on twitter at y'all show oh by the way here's something i'm almost forgetting speaking of good stuff on today's y'all show hey in addition to sec and acc football we've got golf to talk about y'all yes it's the open championship going on right now in northern ireland and we've got a guy who just was in the united kingdom and he's back in the states but he's going to give us a report jet lag and all jason Nall, executive director of the southern states junior classics he's going to come on and talk about what happened on round one of the open championship on thursday his thoughts on who can walk away with the claret jug this past uh, this weekend and we'll find out a little bit more about british golf because he was just there in the UK playing a little golf. And man, we've got a lot to talk about with Jason Nall when he comes on later this hour. So this hour alone, we've got SEC media and golf. Then an hour two, ACC media, a salute to the moon and, and a look at the movies and all. Man, what a week. What a, what a show. What a show. 
Again, our number, 803-816-1170, if you want to catch up with us. Now we start our look at what's going on in the South briefly before we start getting to more of the sports stuff and sad news coming from the Arkansas officials as Arkansas State Police have said that Stone County Sheriff's Deputy Sergeant Mike Stephen, a 56-year-old sheriff, was killed as he was responding to a call in Leslie, Arkansas, when a suspect opened fire. Leslie, Arkansas is about an hour north of Little Rock and Arkansas State Police said that Sergeant Stephen arrived around 8.40 a.m. on Thursday morning at a house in response to a domestic welfare check call shortly before other deputies arrived. And as he approached the house, he began talking with a woman outside while a man was inside. Then, according to the authorities, gunfire erupted. And unfortunately, both Stephen and a male suspect were killed in the ensuing drama there. Again, this happened in Leslie, Arkansas, 77 miles north of Little Rock, and we mourn the loss of this Stone County, Arkansas Sheriff's Deputy Sergeant Mike Stephen. An Alabama law enforcement officer has been shot and a suspect dead after an armed robbery turns into a shootout. And this happened in downtown Birmingham in the 500 block of the 23rd Street North in downtown Birmingham. This happened on Wednesday evening around 6.30 p.m. This officer shot and wounded and a suspect killed after an armed robbery at a local convenience store turned into a deadly shootout on Wednesday evening. And the officer said that he saw a man fleeing the area that matched the description of a suspect involved. And the officer encountered the man and attempted to stop him when he pulled out a handgun and began firing. Officer Cullen Stafford was struck multiple times during the shootout. He was a nine-year veteran with the Birmingham Police Department, having joined the force back in 2011, and he fired several rounds and struck the uh, officer. The the assailant struck the officer multiple times, and he's been seriously injured, and we hope all the best. He's at the University of Alabama Hospital's Trauma Center, two miles away from the scene, but our thoughts go out to the Birmingham Police Department, and all the best for Cullen Stafford. We hope he can come through here in this difficult situation after, again, stumbling upon an armed robbery that turned into a shootout in downtown Birmingham, Alabama. A mother and three young children have been found fatally stabbed inside a apartment complex in Columbus, Georgia. The 29-year-old mother and three of the children found fatally stabbed Wednesday night inside this Columbus, Georgia complex. The youngest child was an infant, the oldest child just three years old. The mother identified as Jerrica Spellman. The circumstances leading to the deaths were not immediately clear, but the bodies were found on a mattress inside the apartment. No immediate indication that a suspect has been identified in connection with the developing case there in Columbus, Georgia. A driver has been charged with manslaughter in Walker County, Alabama, after a wrong-way crash killed four people last week on Interstate 22 near Jasper. Michael Troy Majors, a 25-year-old man, was transferred to the Walker County, Alabama jail in Jasper and after being released from the Walker Baptist Medical Center for injuries sustained in the wreck. He was driving a Dodge Ram pickup truck westbound in the eastbound lanes of Interstate 22 about a mile south of Jasper on July 11th when he collided with a Nissan Altima driven by 49-year-old Monica Danielle Jackson of Little Rock, Arkansas and other victims in the car, including her three Little Rock passengers, Tamlin Jackson, a 50-year-old, Carrie Thomas Ayers, age 29, and 42-year-old Danielle Izell Johnson, 
all killed in this wrong way accident on I-22 in Walker County, Alabama. And now the man charged with manslaughter and the death of these four Arkansans. Here's a disturbing story coming from the Mountain State. Waspray is being used as a meth alternative in West Virginia, and it's been possibly linked to three overdoses. And the sergeant of the West Virginia State Police, Charles Sutphin, said that people are using the cans to, of insect repellent to create a synthetic version of methamphetamine. And it's a growing trend in Boone County, West Virginia. And police believe drug users are turning to Waspray as an alternative form of meth. I can't believe anybody would do that in their right mind. But again, I don't think you have to be in your right mind to be using meth anyway. Authorities there in Boone County sold said that stores have sold nearly 30 cans of wasp spray on one day alone last week, and police believe at least three overdose deaths last week are tied to the use of wasp spray as a meth alternative. In Florida, schools are now required to teach mental health courses after state ed, that the state ed board has voted that into effect in the Sunshine State, and schools will be required to give students at least five hours of instruction on mental health issues beginning in the sixth grade, after this board approved the changes to the curriculum on Wednesday. And students in Florida will have to take classes aimed at helping them get to uh, see the identify the signs and symptoms of mental illness, find resources if they are battling with depression or other issues, and teach the students how to help peers who are struggling with a mental health disorder. And the new curriculum does not have an implementation date. It's one of those probably famous unfunded mandates, I assume, but it has been signed into law, and perhaps this will make a difference. We'll find out. I don't know how common this is across the South, but at least in Florida, they're being proactive when it comes to mental health and not a bad thing to do. An agency in charge of North Carolina's historical markers say two of the five markers that have been recently reported missing have now been recovered. There's more than 1,600 of these markers across North Carolina. They're known as history on a stick because they got the stick that they're on in the ground. Very nice markers, been around for a long time, but we just read a story the other day, a couple of them were missing, and now it looks like a couple have been found. This program of History on a Stick started back in 1936, and the markers typically contain about 30 words about a historic subject, just to kind of whet the appetite, and it looks like a couple of these that were missing now are found. I think one was at the Cape Lookout National Seashore. And that is a wonderful thing to keep that history of North Carolina up and going. And finally, here on our headlines on this Friday edition, Dolly Parton and the singer Little Nas X have exchanged a possible Old Town Road remix uh, on the Internet, at least. And it's getting a bunch of people talking as Old Town Road is just the third song in the history of Billboard to spend 15 weeks atop the all genre Billboard Hot 100 chart. And Billy Ray Cyrus kind of helped make this thing a huge success. And he is a big friend of Dolly Parton, even sang Romeo with her at one point. And now this Georgia rapper, 20-year-old rapper, Nas, Little Nas X, is trying to get Dolly Parton to collaborate with this song. And there's a tweet that Dolly Parton kind of retweeted, I think. It's got a pink horse joined by two other horses, I think stallions perhaps. Not sure what's going to happen there, but what a success story by this singer from Georgia. Little Nas X and maybe Dolly Parton going to team up with him. We'll, we'll find out. More to come on that. Well, there's more to come after the break on our coverage of the SEC as Media Days wrapped up. We've got Day 4 coming up, 
After the break, you'll hear from the Kentucky head football coach Mark Stoops, Auburn coach Gus Malzahn, and the head coach of the Vanderbilt Commodores, Derek Mason. That's up, plus a reminder, at the end of this hour, we're going to switch over to the sport of golf. And Jason Nall, he's fresh just off the plane from Great Britain, and he's going to preview this weekend's Open Championship taking place in Northern Ireland. That's all ahead on our Y'all Southern Golf Report. Coming up on Y'all, talk with a Southern accent. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. You're catering a wedding, and the bride says, Everyone is raving about the hors d'oeuvres. My aunt was asking if you do corporate events. Now is the time when the right business card is essential, and Vistaprint can help. Head to Vistaprint.com, and you can customize 500 cards starting at just $9.99. You choose the paper, the shape, and the finish. Whatever your style, create a card that gives you the confidence to own the now. So head to Vistaprint.com and get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 2424 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 2424. Kentucky Wildcat fans had a great 2018. No, they didn't make it to Atlanta, but they got pretty darn close. Welcome back to the Y'all Show, and this is our coverage of SEC Media Days. And we have day four, the recap of day four right now for you. And Kentucky coach Mark Stoops was at the mic in Hoover talking about that 2018 season and what could have been and what maybe will be done by UK here in 2019. Let's go here from the head cat, Mark Stoops. When I stepped in here last year, um, you know, I was one of the few people in here that had a lot of confidence in our football team as well. And so, um, you know, that really can't affect us. Again, it's what, is, what are we doing day to day to put ourselves in a position to be successful? We shouldn't need any outside motivation uh, for us. You know, we, we uh, 
care deeply about what we're doing and what, what we're doing, put our team in position to be successful. If our players want to use outside motivation such as that, that's fine. But it, it hasn't made a difference the past three years, you know, for us, um, you know, and what people predicted us and what we thought we were going to do. You know, we've, uh, and that's what we're, we're, we're planning on doing again this year. You know, we're, we're the only team in the country the last six years that's never taken a step back. We've stayed the same or improved each and every year for six straight years, and we're the only people that can say that. And uh, what are we doing now to make sure that doesn't happen this year? Coach, talk about the addition of John Summerall to your coaching staff, what it's like to have him back at his alma mater and what it's like to be around him so far. Yeah, it's a great addition uh, with John. He, uh, he, he's a dynamic guy. Uh, he's a former Wildcat. Uh, he's great. He's a seasoned coach, you know, coming from Old Miss. And... Uh, you know, so it's really important. I, I love the energy and the passion that he brings. And of course, it's great having a former Wildcat. So uh, he's been a great addition. Over the years, talked about it, you just have to have hard work in building a program. All the hard work that you've put in, what did last year mean to you? Well, it meant a great deal. Um, you know, first and foremost, for our players that put in a lot of hard work for many years, uh, our fan base, they deserve that. And uh, again, we want to continue to improve on that. But, uh, you know, our coaching staff, our players, our fans, you know, we've all been in this together and we want to continue to grow and con continue to improve. Coach, what are you hoping to see from Josh Pascal this upcoming season? Yeah, Josh has looked really good. Um, you know, he's, he's really carrying his weight uh, very good. As you know, Josh started as an outside linebacker, he kind of grew into an inside guy and wanted to help our team playing inside. So he, he had some additional weight, and of course he had the setback uh, with the surgeries on, on his foot. And uh, now he's getting back to full strength. You could tell he's comfortable in his weight, he's comfortable at his position. Uh, his foot has been very good and his treatments are going well. Uh, so we have high expectation for Josh. Kentucky head football coach Mark Stoops at the SEC Media Days in Hoover talking about his 2019 UK football team. Kentucky begins the 2019 season bright and early on August 31st. They've got the early game 11 central start against the Toledo Rockets and they start their SEC play trying to make it two in a row against the Florida Gators as UF heads to Kroger Field for a September 14th matchup. Kentucky football finished second in the SEC East last year. And they've got their sights set on a better 2019. Well, from one feline to another, Auburn football coach and the Tigers, that is, Gus Malzahn, was at SEC Media Days on day four. And the Auburn Tigers, as a lot of people would say, had a disappointing 2018 season. Yeah, they did make it to the Music City Bowl. But when Alabama went undefeated except for that national championship game, it made for a difficult time in Lee County, Alabama. And Gus Malzahn knows that. But it's been a very good year on the Plains. Remember, Auburn's basketball team went to the Final Four. The baseball team had a great run here in the postseason, making it to Omaha. And Auburn football wants to try to equal all of that. Now, there's been tragedy with Rod Bramlett's death back in May. And, of course, the voice of the Tigers will be badly missed by all of us who love college sports. But Gus Malzahn's trying to put a positive spin on his team and, and get off that hot seat. And he talked about all that and more at SEC Media Days. Let's go hear from 
Coach Gus Malzahn of the Auburn Tigers. You know, I've called plays my whole life. I mean, that's who I am and kind of got me to where I'm at. And then, of course, about three years ago, you start getting advice and encouragement to let somebody else do it. And, of course, you do it. And uh, I'm not real good at staying around watching. And uh, so when Chip Lindsey decided to leave, which Chip Lindsey, an outstanding coach, he will do great at Troy. Uh, he decided to leave, it just kind of set back like, okay, all right, or am I going to go ahead and hire another offensive coordinator or am I going to do it myself? And just had a lot of uh, prayer and uh, just getting back to being me. And so we did that in the bowl game and it just – the, the light flipped on and uh, just made all the difference in the world. Um, you know, we played really good in, in our in our bowl game, but what it did is just, it gives you a great feel. And I think we got a chance to, to really be good on offense again this year and just excited to get back to being me. What has Coach Dillingham brought to the program and uh, on the defensive side? Talk a little bit about a guy like Jordan Peters and what he can mean to your team this year. Yeah, Jordan Peters, uh, I mean, he was one of our best special teams players last year, blocked a couple punts and, and everything that goes with that. We're hoping that he recovers from his Achilles injury. He's looking better. Uh, Kenny Dillingham, you know, when I decided that I was going back to calling the plays, I needed to find somebody that was at least in the atmosphere of the philosophy. Mike Norvell, the head coach at Memphis, was my former GA. And so he did the exact same job for Mike. Mike's the play caller. And so it was a perfect fit for me. Uh, what he does bring is energy. And what he does bring is he understands our core offense. And in the bowl game, when he was upstairs, it was a really smooth transition. So really looking forward to working with him. Coach, talk about the different styles between the two QBs, Gatewood and Bo Nix, and then how your play calling yeah. this year will affect both of them. Yeah, I don't think there's as much differences as everybody would think. One thing I can tell you is both those guys will be true run threats from the quarterback position. They both can extend plays when things break down, and they both have outstanding arms. So, you know, one thing I will tell you that will be different is our quarterback will be a run threat. And I feel like, well, I don't feel like, I know when the quarterback is a run threat, it changes everything from a defensive standpoint, and it's really a lot easier to call plays too. Auburn head coach Gus Malzahn at SEC Media Days. Well, the Vanderbilt Commodores have won three in a row against the Tennessee Vols. That makes Commodore fans smile in the volunteer state. But Vanderbilt wants to do a little bit more. And, hey, the pressure's on Derek Mason, okay? Vanderbilt's baseball team just won their second national championship. So, you know, Coach Mason, we're not really asking for a natty by the Commodore football team. But you got to at least get back to bowl games. you got to at least compete, maybe even make it to Atlanta as you're one of the handful of teams that have never been to Atlanta for the SEC Championship. Derek Mason was at the mic this week. Let's go hear from the head coach of the Vanderbilt Commodores. I think James Franklin did a great job, man, of, of eventually you know, man, pushing the bar and getting guys like Jordan Matthews and Casey Hayward uh, uh, looked at and, and, and people starting to recognize because of how, how hard those guys played and competed. Well, for us... Um, it goes probably back to my first year, 2014. You know, man, we didn't do well, and everybody says, okay, and they're probably right back to same old Vandy. And since then, man, we've sort of been put in that box. But here's what I do know. We haven't finished last in our conference, okay, man, since year one. So, I mean, looking at players and evaluating play over, over, over you know, anything else is, is, is what's really supposed to happen. But I think there's a bias, uh, you know, at times about Vanderbilt and what we do. That's okay. 
Hey, when it's all said and done, it still hasn't stopped players at Vanderbilt University from going to the NFL and getting degrees. And we've been doing that in spades. So, you know, I mean, I'm excited about what we bring to the table. And, you know, man, with that being said, okay, these guys are going to continue man, to perform. It just so happens, too, that when you look at Pinckney, you know, man, Kalijah and, and, and Keyshawn Vaughn, you know, two of those guys are fifth-year players, one's a fourth-year player. You know, Jordan Matthews came back for his senior year, and I think, you know, broke almost every record that there was in the SEC. I think there's something to be said about junior and senior football players coming back, okay, man, and being able to get on that stage because the accolades when you perform come your way. I've always said whatever the rules are, okay, we're going to play the game within the, within the rules, period. And that's it. So I, I, don't, I don't get caught up in that because there's so much other work that's got to get done. You know, the rules are the rules. I think sometimes, uh, and, and rightfully so, um, I think there's a time and a place to have an opinion, you know, on those things. It's generally during the off season where, you know, some of those things can be talked through, talked out, you know, worked through, uh, some schematical adjustments. But, you know, once we're into this thing, man, it's go time. And so right now it's go time for me. I, I, I think all the rules are good. I think all the rules are either for safety or, or, or for players. And last time I checked, we all work for players. Okay, so with that being said, as long as we can continue to provide a healthy, uh, you know, college experience, both on and off the field for the student-athlete, then let's do that. From day four at SEC Media Days, that was the head coach of the Vanderbilt Commodores, Derek Mason, talking. And the Doors, well, they don't get off to an easy start here in 2019. They've got a home opener to start the season on August 31st. The Georgia Bulldogs, SEC play to start the 2019 season as Georgia comes to Vanderbilt Stadium on that first Saturday of football. So a tough road ahead for Vanderbilt, but perhaps they'll get back to a bowl if you're a Commodore fan. Anchor down. Well, hang on. Drop your anchor, if you will, because after the break, we're going to switch from talking about the SEC to the sport of golf. Jason Nall, the executive director of the Southern States Junior Classics, is going to come on and help us talk about this weekend's Open Championship. Is an American going to pull off a big win? Well, after round one, we had a Kentuckian atop the leaderboard. All of that about Open Championship golf is coming up after the break. Welcome to Sherwin-Williams. Hi there. I heard paints are 40% off. Yep, and stains too. Right here? Mm Mm-hmm. Only at your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Right now? Well, July 19th through the 22nd. Right on. Right? Ask Sherwin-Williams July 19th through 22nd and save 40% on paints and stains with sale prices starting at $23.09. Only at your local Sherwin-Williams store. Retail sales only. Sub-exclusions apply. See store for details. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth. Teenagers can communicate entirely in emojis. How was the birthday party? Pizza slice, kitten, soccer ball, pineapple? Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. What are you talking about? Paperclip, shoulder shrug, high five, wizard hat? 
What? Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, couch purring, bed leaping, and of course, companionship. Wonderful. And what breed would you say Nico is? I'd have to go with a tabbyish Persian kind of mix. Tremendous cat. I'd also like to point out her coat's wonderful mix of colors. Is it black, gray, gray, black, brown? Somewhere in between. Indeed. You know, it's always special when we get to see a cat like this. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And how she's so incredibly cute in her indifference to commands. A strong-willed feline. Ah, and see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. I know. Fantastic cat. Fantastic indeed. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Yeah, feeling a little Irish, are ya? Welcome into the Y'all Show, and I'm John Rawl, and the Open Championship in the world of golf is in Northern Ireland right now. And here on the Y'all Show with John Rawl, we have our y'all.com Southern Golf Report, and we bring on from the Southern States Junior Classics golf event, Jason Nall. And Jason, he's back here stateside right now, but Jason, we understand that you were over in the UK here this week, and you're still recovering. Yeah, I'm a little bit jet lagged. I'm a little bit worn out, but I tell you what, it was good to be over there in the epicenter of golf for the last uh, ten days or so. Uh, got to uh, go to Scotland. It wasn't actually in Ireland, but the Scottish Open was held when when I was over there and uh, saw. You know, a lot of the uh, players were in that event that are playing in the Open. You know, either. Uh, to try to get a last second qualifier spot or to prepare for the event. But I think I took all the good weather out of that area when I was there because I had a great break on the weather, high 60 to 65, and it only rained for 30 minutes in 10 days. And I was oh, over there. Wow. <laughs> I, I, you need to get back over there. Of course, we've got an American, a Southerner, in fact, after the first round on top of the leaderboard. So J.B. Holmes is not complaining about what's going on in Northern Ireland. Uh, uh, the Open Championship this week at the Royal Portrush Golf Club. It's the only the second time in the Open Championship's history that it's been in Northern Ireland. The last time was back in the early 1950s. So a lot of excitement with the folks in Northern Ireland hosting this right now. And we'll get to the Open Championships. I still, you went over there to the UK, Jason, to primarily be around the sport of golf. That's the main reason you went? That's exactly why I went. Okay. And, uh, I'd never been over there and I uh, went to Scotland uh, 
for two uh, junior events, and I also got to play myself. I played the old course. Uh, so Whoa. St. Andrews, and I parred number 18. Whoa. Right there was the, the coolest thing about the old course is number 18, the green comes out into the city and, and I was fishing up about six 30 in the afternoon. And I'm, I'm kid you not. There was 200 people around the fences there outside the shops and the restaurants and the hotel watching people finish up. And uh, I had a, uh, I was just off the green down in the Valley of sin and I did a bump and run shot and got it up there to about four foot, but it went right past the hole like it was going in. I got a big ooh and ah, the crowd on the chip, and and then I made my putt and got to give the hat tip for the par. It was a pretty cool moment. Man. Pretty cool moment. Now, educate all of us who've never been to Scotland and never been to the U.K., period. Uh, playing the old course like that obviously anybody can play it i guess i guess you don't have yep. special connections that allowed you to play nope. it you can play it you got to pay is it very expensive or not that expensive 190 bucks so compared to the united states the the, the big courses over here pioneers number two pebble beach uh less expensive probably a, about a third of the price is that right of, of, courses over here yeah now there's two ways to get on uh or there's three ways to get on one is to arrange your trip through uh, some of the travel agents over there and 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 they have certain amount of tea times i didn't have i didn't have that the second option is to get yourself into the lottery to get a tea time and you can enter 48 hours before you're there well i didn't win the lottery but the third option is to wait on the first tee, and if someone doesn't show up, and if you're willing to go when they call your name, you get to go out. That's how I got out. Um, <laughs> so you can play it if you if you want to. If you have time, you get into that lottery, and surely you'll win it. I only had one day that I could do it. I didn't win the lottery for that one day, but I was uh, able to get on when someone didn't show up for their tee time. So That's that pretty cool. Good. I'm glad I asked that question because it is pretty cool. And you, If you like golf at all, playing there at the old course or any of the Lynx courses in the UK is just one of those things you ought to have on a bucket list. And now you've been able to knock that off. And there's a few courses here domestically that I'm sure you'd like to play that you have an option. And then some courses like Augusta National, you're probably never going to play unless you have a connection. Uh, not unless we can get some uh, media credentials. And I think the media gets to play that Monday after the Masters. So well, I didn't know that. Well, we'll work yeah. on that for you there, Jason. No. Well, I'm glad you had a great time. And who won the Scottish Open? That would be Mr. Wiesberger, the oh. Austrian. Ah, oh, yeah. Sehr gut. So he won wow. that. And then Rom won the week before in Ireland. And now Open Championship at Royal. Let me, tell you, let me give you one more tidbit about your trip to Scotland, okay? Okay. When you make it over there. During the summer months, it doesn't get dark till about eleven fifteen at night, and then the sun comes up about four o'clock in the morning. So there's very few dark hours. Uh, the courses are open from six o'clock in the morning till eleven fifteen at night. <laughs> so, so we were out on the golf course a lot, and I was there for junior events where they were playing thirty six holes a day. But the work ethic in Scotland's a little bit different. When they get when they're done for the day, they're done. When they've sold enough uh haggis they're going to close the kitchen well all the kitchens in scotland close about 8 30 at night and there were about four or five nights i just had to drink my dinner because the pubs stay open until midnight but the kitchens are closed so that was the biggest challenge for me was coming off a golf course at 10 30 at night and not being able to find anything to eat but um you know i, I got through with some some barley and some nice 
Heights. Well, I'm, uh, we're, we're very, very happy for you. This week, they're not in <laughs> Scotland, though. They're at Royal Port Rush in Port Rush, Northern Ireland. And after round one, a Kentucky Wildcat in the leaderboard as J.B. Holmes yeah. shot five under on Thursday and has a one-stroke lead over Irishman Shane Lowry. What do we know about J.B. Holmes's game, and is, does this surprise you that he's atop the leaderboard after the first round? No, I mean, J.B.'s a solid player on the PGA Tour, has been for years. He had a great back nine yesterday, shot 32. Um, so, three under on the back nine. J.B.'s probably, unfortunately, most known for being one of the slowest golfers on tour. Um, so, he takes his – he's very methodical, we'll say. Um but they, you know, the conditions were very difficult, and we'll talk about some of the guys that surpri- did surprisingly poorly later on. But uh, you know, JB uh, put in a great score. It's early, you know, first round's complete, and uh, he's in a great position. And the Demon Deke Webb Webb Simpson is just a couple shots behind at three under as the North Carolinian, the U.S. Open winner in the past. He's getting awful close. His name keeps popping up at a lot of these majors, and he hasn't won since that Open, that U.S. Right. Open that he won. But, man, he's getting closer and closer. He is, and he's always – you know, he doesn't miss cuts in majors. He's always in contention. He, he's uh, he's done really well in, in, in major championships. And uh, three under uh, – I guess that was just him and Tony Finau, both three under – uh, Kepka three under, or you know, Kepka's been on fire. Those are the lowest Americans behind uh, JB Holmes. So um, you know, he's right there. I mean, certainly three under's in great position. And don't forget about my man, Tommy Fleetwood. Now, oh, Tommy you're switching allegiances. I thought your man was Tiger Woods. Well, yeah, I'm switching. Tiger, I think shot ten over yesterday. <laughs> Let's see <what> he <laughs> now he had a rough day. Tiger, Phil Mickelson. Had very rough days, and they're out of the tournament uh, already. Well, they had rough days, and there was somebody else that had a rougher day than even I've had on the golf course. More on that in a second. But you talked about uh, some of the other Americans. Yeah. Brooks Kepka, he was three under after round one, tied for third place right there, I think, alongside Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah. Is Brooks Kepka has he got a chance to win this thing? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I, I, I don't think – I don't think he'll win it. Uh, doesn't mean he won't, obviously, but he's not one of my picks this week. I just, um, you know, I just think he needs a couple more starts over there. It's different. I mean, I watched kids that were great in America really struggle. I watched the Scottish national team uh, probably top to bottom, not as good as the t- team from Tennessee that we brought over, but they uh they won uh and they won because they knew how to play that course and so i think you have experience means a lot i really do and i don't think he has quite enough starts so i think this isn't his week but he could prove me wrong now jason we were just kind of getting your travel itinerary before we started talking about the open championship going back to your travel itinerary of being in the uk for a couple of weeks how much different is it really to play over there versus over here I mean, it's it's just it's different. You got to play a ground game. Even we were there in what you would consider benign conditions, and the winds were thirty miles an hour. Uh, it wasn't raining, but that wind affects every shot, but especially drivers. Uh, you get that high ball up there with that driver, and across it could be a, a crosswind of thirty miles an hour could take it 
you know, through the across the fairway, across the rough, and into the gorse. And I saw that happen many times. And and then having the guts to start a ball out over the rough on the right side when the wind's blowing right to left to have it end up in the middle of the fairway. That's you know, that's a lot of trust. I have uh, you know, and it just takes a while playing to that. And also, you know, learning that at 90 yards shot in because most holes, most holes give you the opportunity to run it up from the front of the green uh, without, without bunkers in front of the green, like you see in so many American courses and not too many raised greens. Uh, you got, you hit that 90 yard shot instead of hitting the lob wedge in like you, like all the tour players do, you know, you're going to knock an eight iron 30 yards in the air on a low flight and let it run out the last 60. And that, that takes some trust in that shot. And I, I did see our kids from America after spending two weeks over there begin to trust that shot and use it um, to some success toward the end end of, the, of their trip. But, um, you know, when to pull that shot off and when to go with the high shot and, and that kind of wind, is, it's it's interesting. And then the bunkers, uh, they're all over the place and, they, and they're tough. Many of them, many of them, you have to just come out sideways. It's truly like a stroke penalty if you go on one. You're giving up a stroke to come out sideways and then play toward the hole. So yeah, the wind, the wind is the biggest factor. Like I said, we had clear, not much rain. So if you added that rain in with that wind, like what we saw in, in Northern Ireland yesterday, um, that 500 by JB Holmes, that's um, that's so solid. And that is a remarkable different score than what Tiger Woods had. Tiger seven over, shooting a 78 there in Northern Ireland. His was not the worst of the day, by the way, but your thoughts on Mr. Woods' day? Uh, You know, he had a tough day like many of them did. Tiger talked last week about, you know, having to cut his schedule back, having to play less events and even maybe even not playing all four majors to try to gear up for the ones he has a his best chance in to try to prolong his career. And to hear him talking like that, again, you know, we thought maybe we got that tiger factor, that fear factor back in the Masters. And when somebody sees his name on the leaderboard, they're gonna they're gonna cow down like 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 two thousands and and Tiger will just you know just hold him at bay with that Tiger stare. But when you hear Tiger say, "I can't play a full schedule," uh, I want to prolong my career again, you know, and then go out and and have a struggle like he did. I I, I don't think we're ever going to see that that um, intimidation factor that Tiger had for all those years, and and um, you know he just didn't have a good day like many others. I'll tell you another huge disappointment worldwide is Roy McIlroy in his home country and I think he's the second to worst score maybe plus eight well you know he's very near it yeah he was um yesterday McIlroy was plus eight and so I know that was disappointing for him in front of his home country so yeah that was pretty bad but I'll tell you what the story of the day might have been how terrible David Duvall was of course he really hasn't been in much competition over the last couple of decades but the Georgia Tech alum shooting 14 on hole number seven now Jason I'm no expert but I don't think I've ever shot a 14 on a golf hole you know what makes a 14 worse uh for most of most of the day even after david duvall's score was posted yesterday they had him down as a 13 on that hole 
And uh, somehow they found another stroke and it got changed to a 14 <laughs> right, right before he signed his card. So the people that in the PGA Tour, there's a, there's a spider that goes along with every group, keeping a score for the group and updating the scorecards. He had so many shots tonight, all the spotter couldn't keep up. They had 13 listed online for the longest time, a couple of hours until he signed his card and they changed it to 14. Uh, but you know, David will tell you, man. If he hadn't missed that three footer, that would have been a solid thirteen. But he missed that short putt. <laughs> <laughs> well, David Duval, I'm not going to laugh too hard because hey, here's a guy who actually won the Open Championship. So that's maybe one of the most uh, top two things you can do in golf: a green jacket and the claret jug. I think is what it's called. And he's got one of those in his cabinet. But boy, I don't think he's going to get one this year. I know he's not. And it's a realm worth talking a little bit more. You know, people are still in tune with David Duvall in the golf world because he's the lead, one of the lead analysts on the golf channel and live from it. He has great insight. And so I know it's going to be tough for him to get back in front of the camera. <laughs> evidently, I'll, evidently I'll take his job if he doesn't want to do it. But he started out with two birdies. He birdied one and two. So he's two under right out of the chute. You know, he's feeling good. And then uh, a couple of pars and then he goes, Eight on par four, quadruple bogey. That looks like one of my scorecards. And then 14 on a par five. Uh, so, uh, I mean, it got off to a hot start there, but it just uh, – David Duvall, 20 over after round one. I don't think he's going to make it to the weekend. Jason, who is your take on who's going to – what are we going to find holding that Claret jug come Sunday? Well, Shane Lowry's uh, going to be a tough out. You know, uh, he's minus four. JB Holmes, yeah, I'm pulling for him. Let's, let's hope so. Um, but, you know, I kind of feel like if I have to make one pick, give me Lee Westwood. Ooh. How about that? You know, he, he's, he contended in majors, contended in majors, and never got one. I think Lee's going to get it this week. The Englishman, I, I really the Englishman with a real chance here, according to our expert, Jason All. Before we sign off with you, Jason, anything else beyond the Open Championship we need to keep our eye out on in the world of golf? Yeah, uh, the, starting this week up in Wisconsin at Century World is a girls' junior am, which is the USGA's junior girls' championship. And uh, it's going to be a great tournament. Watch out for Alexa Pano Ooh. from Florida. Uh I think she was runner-up in, in the event last year. She's played several pro events and played in the uh, the inaugural Augusta's, Augusta Women's Amateur earlier this year. I I got her slated to, to go up there and, and take that, that, that USGA Girls Junior Championship. So that, that will be televised on – on Fox Sports uh, on the weekend as well. All so right. So after the Open wraps up earlier in the day, you can catch the final rounds of the uh, USGA Girls Junior Amateur. And just down the street from J.B. Holmes's hometown there in the Lexington, Kentucky area, you've got another golf championship going on this weekend, the Valspar Championship. Essentially, for all the golfers who didn't quite get to the Open Championship, this is another PGA Tour event and a lot of names competing there this weekend. Definitely. It's a big tournament. FedEx points on the line, uh, master's invite for next year. Whoever wins this tournament, uh, you can uh, pretty much assume that their uh, professional career will be, be much better after this weekend. Well, Jason Nall has been our special guest. He's the executive director of the Southern States 
Junior Classics, and we appreciate, Jason, your time coming on here, getting us the full rundown of the Open Championship taking place in Northern Ireland. Have yourself a great one, and we'll have to have breakfast here one morning this weekend and watch the results of the Open. How about that? We'll do that, and then uh, in about 10 days, I will be at the epicenter of junior golf at the uh, uh, U.S. Kids World Championships in Pinehurst, North Carolina. I'll give you a great update from there that Ooh, week. All right, and again, for more of Jason's organization, you can go to ssjrclassic.com and learn more about the Southern State's Junior Classics. Jason Nall, everybody. Well, that will wrap up our first hour of today's Y'all Show. Hang on when we come back in hour two. This is a big weekend, not just for golf, but it's the 50th anniversary of the moon landing back in 1969. And we've got a special song courtesy of Virginia native Ella Fitzgerald that we'll play for you. Plus, we'll take a look at the ACC Media Days that's happening in Charlotte this week. We've got a couple of ACC coaches to let you hear from. And then we'll wrap it up with all the new movies and theaters this weekend and from Dixie with Love. All ahead in the second hour of today's y'all as we roll out the end of the week. Thank you for listening. You're catering a wedding and the bride says, Everyone is raving about the hors d'oeuvres. My aunt was asking if you do corporate events. Now is the time when the right business card is essential and Vistaprint can help. Head to Vistaprint.com and you can customize 500 cards starting at just $9.99. You choose the paper, the shape, and the finish. Whatever your style, create a card that gives you the confidence to own the now. So head to Vistaprint.com and get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 2424 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 2424. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. That's one small step for man and one y'all step for all y'all. This is the Y'all Show. Happy 50th anniversary of the moonwalk. And here's David Lee Murphy to celebrate. She couldn't keep from crying When she told me goodbye But I knew the Lord it was breaking her heart That she was breaking mine So for the sake of her feelings and the sake of my pride I told her not to worry about me I'm sitting here soaking up the neon lights Misery looking for some company And tonight I'm looking for a party crowd 
Over here, or fighting over there, I'm making the rounds, looking for a party crowd. It's the weekend, and it's the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 mission. Yes, slamming them back and laughing out loud where the smoke's so thick, the blues can't hang around. Oh, we're so glad that you could hang around. Welcome back at y'all. Talking like you just don't care if the dancing over here are fighting over there. Oh, we are having a wonderful start to the weekend. It is Talk with a Southern Accent with your host, John Rawl, and we're having a fun time. It is the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 mission when Neil Armstrong set foot on the moon, the first man to do so. And we're celebrating here in this segment of the Y'all Show as we have our Friday free for y'all. We've got a special lunar tune to play in just a moment. But the stars are out right now, even if it's in the broad daylight, because we're always kind of starry-eyed when we have our Friday free for y'all. We're in the mood to have a good time, get your game on, get your party on, have a little party crowd there with David Lee Murphy. And then, hey, you can't have a party without a little something in a bottle. And so that's why we've kind of reached down deep and we pulled out that dusty old bottle. And that's why we're playing this one from DLM here as the Friday fun continues, y'all. Trio Williams lived down a dirt road. He made homemade wine like nobody I know. I dropped by one Friday night and said, Can you help me, Creole? I got a little girl waiting on me and I, I want to trade her right. He said, I got what you need, son, is me. 
step down in the cellar He reached through the cobweb As he turned on the light He said It might be A little dust on the bottom But don't let it fool you About what's inside There might be A little dust on the bottom But it's one of those things That gets sweeter with time You were sitting in the porch swing As I pulled up the driveway My old heart was racing as you climbed inside You slid over there close and we drove down to the lake road Watched the sun fade in that big red sky I reached under the front seat and said Now here's something special It's just been waiting for a night like tonight There might be a little dust on the bottom But don't let it fool you about what's inside There might be a little dust on the bottom But it's one of those things that gets sweeter with kind of song that you want to get the weekend started with david lee murphy and dust on the bottle continuing on with our fun here and of course those songs from david lee will put a smile on your face make you feel good and give you calls to celebrate well this weekend is a big big reason to celebrate because it's not just the weekend it's a historic weekend as saturday we mark the 50th anniversary of Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Collins taking part of the Apollo 11 mission to the moon. And, of course, Neil Armstrong became the first human being to ever set foot on the moon back on July 20th of 1969. And what an amazing feat. Now, I'm unfortunately, for many of you, I'm actually born after this mission, so I don't remember it, but a lot of you listening probably know exactly where you were back in 1969 watching people like Walter Cronkite narrate this thing that really helped bring a divided country together, at least temporarily. We were in the middle of the Vietnam War. We had a lot of protests going on because of the war, because of racial unrest. We were just with a new president in Richard Nixon in 1969, and we didn't have the Watergate thing yet, but certainly 1969, a, a turbulent summer. The summer of love, I guess, 1969 was Woodstock, but at least on this date, this weekend in 1969, people were really captivated by, could this really happen? 
could we fulfill John Kennedy's mission when he was elected president in 1960 and when he announced it as president in 1961 that we were going to go to the moon by the end of the decade. The clock almost ran out. It was July of 1969, only about five months left in that decade. But sure enough, thanks to some great American ingenuity and I want to say Southern might, because remember, NASA has tentacles then and it still has tentacles in various corners of the South, whether it's the U.S. Space and Rocket Center in Huntsville, or more importantly, from a propulsion standpoint, the Marshall Space Flight Center in Huntsville, Alabama, part of Redstone Arsenal. Remember, it was Huntsville, Alabama, where people like Werner von Braun came to America after World War II and helped develop our space program through the propulsion. You can't go to space unless you've got a rocket that'll take you there. And the Saturn V, a huge, huge uh, ingenuity and a lot of work went into that for decades, and in the end, we made it thanks to people like the NASA crew and the people working in the space industry in North Alabama. Then you got to have a place to launch it, and of course, at Cape Canaveral along the Atlantic coast of Florida, the amazing work done there at the Kennedy Space Center in the 1960s and this Saturn V going up on July 16th, 1969. And I think it was uh, early morning, I think, is when it went up on that initial launch of 69. And this same launch, four days later, would end up having the capsule land on the moon. And then you got to have a control center. And that's what we had in Houston, Texas, with the Johnson Space Center. And so a lot of the NASA officials, including the astronauts, kind of headquartered there in Houston, Texas. But don't leave out like the Stennis Space Center in Mississippi along the Gulf Coast, part of the NASA program. And I don't know how much they had a role in the Apollo missions, but we have a lot of people throughout the South who've helped out in the space industry and various space places in our country then and in, in, in today's world. And this is a special weekend where we honor all of those astronauts. And thankfully, thankfully, we have people like Buzz Aldrin still with us and doing great things to honor the history of NASA. Sadly, of course, we lost Neil Armstrong a few years ago. Michael Collins is still with us. Michael Collins now 88 years young. And by the way, do you know where he was from? He was born in Rome, Italy, but kind of grew up, I think, a service brat as his father was an army officer. But at one point, he was around the Baltimore area and San Antonio Michael Collins, who you don't hear a lot from. Uh, Buzz Aldrin now, you hear a lot about him. In fact, he's been in a little skirmish with his kids here as he's living in Florida these days. But Buzz Aldrin, he is now 89 years young, a New Jersey native with the nickname of Dr. Rendezvous, a West Point alum class of 1951. But this is, again, a weekend where we celebrate the incredible accomplishment of our astronauts and those heroes both on the lunar surface and all the people that were involved with getting them up into orbit. Thank you. And some of you are still out there. I actually have a friend of mine in Oxford, Mississippi, who was a youngster just out of Alabama Polytechnic Institute, also now known as Auburn University. He was actually the last class that graduated officially as API. And he was a native of Huntsville. And so when he got his engineering degree from Alabama Polytechnic Institute, API, Auburn University, 
He went back to his hometown there in the early 60s, and he actually worked alongside, for a time, Werner von Braun, the kind of head guy there in Huntsville with the propulsion portion of going to space. And this guy ended up becoming a lawyer and moving away from Alabama, and I knew him during his time in Mississippi. But going down the street, you'd never know that he had that kind of chapter of history working alongside people like Werner von Braun decades before pretty pretty neat story there but you probably know somebody out there who has been involved with the space industry and this is a real celebration going on this weekend and thanks to david lee murphy kind of setting up a few songs to get us in the right mood we can all celebrate the 50th anniversary of the lunar launch and lunar landing well we're trying to find a song to go along here to close out our fun talking about the moon and there's probably not a better moon song than fly me to the moon and that's kind of appropriate since we're talking about going to the moon with these astronauts many of you probably have heard the the frank sinatra version that's probably the most famous rendition of fly me to the moon and it would have been easy to play that one here on today's y'all show but i didn't want to do that i wanted to find a dixie connection to that great song as we celebrate the apollo 11 mission and i found a really unusual version of fly me to the moon because it's a little slower than the sinatra standard it's from ella fitzgerald ella was born in newport news virginia on april 25th of 1917 and she died in 1996 at the age of 79 but of course ella fitzgerald a jazz singer sometimes referred to as the first lady of song the queen of jazz and lady ella ella fitzgerald the first lady of song what an awesome nickname and she was one of the most popular female jazz singers in the u.s for more than half a century she won 13 grammy awards and sold over 40 million albums you might have an ella fitzgerald record somewhere in your house i mean this is someone that doesn't get a lot of attention because again she's been deceased now for more than 20 years but she had a voice that was flexible wide-ranging accurate and ageless and ella could really sing a lot of really great ballads with her sweet jazz sound she worked with a bunch of greats from duke ellington to count basie nat king cole to the aforementioned frank sinatra she even worked alongside south carolinian dizzy gillespie and benny goodman too she performed at major venues all over the world of course packing them to the hilt while there and her audiences were as diverse as her vocal range and so ella fitzgerald is the singer and we're excited to let this newport news native who started out in a rough stake in life there in the early 1900s and ended up i think going to the north as a youngster but found her groove and got a chance to sing some great songs she's known for her songs like dream a little dream of me cheek to cheek into each life some rain must fall and it don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing those are again just some of her awards through the years and she got a bunch of those were some of her hits her awards included 14 grammy awards she won the national medal of arts and the presidential medal of freedom and she performed for 60 years until the 1990s she stopped performing and she died at the age of 79 in 1996 the virginian ella jane fitzgerald and let's go here now her rendition of a wonderful song here as we celebrate the 50th year of the moonwalk the first lady of song and this great song that again she wasn't the only one to sing fly me to the moon but boy she did a great job 
This one's for you, the Queen of Jazz, and of course to those great NASA astronauts. Thank you so much. Poets often use many words to say a simple thing. It takes thought and time and rhyme to make a poem sing. With words and music I've been playing For you I've written a song To be sure you'll know what I'm saying I'll translate as I go along Fly me to the moon Let me play amongst the stars Let me see what spring is like On Jupiter and Mars In other words Oh In other words, darling, kiss me. Play a song for me and let me sing forevermore. You there from the 1960s, a song written by Bart Howard, Fly Me to the Moon from Ella Fitzgerald here on the Y'all Show, Talk with a Southern Accent. Well, that will wrap up our first segment, our Friday free for y'all, all the fun stuff that you need to get ready for the weekend. And again, as we salute our 50th anniversary of the lunar landing, add a boy to the astronauts and add a girl, Ella Fitzgerald, for a wonderful song there, Fly Me to the Moon. When we come back on y'all, we'll switch over from talking about the moon to the stars of the ACC. We've got UNC coach Mac Brown. He's back on patrol in Chapel Hill leading the Tar Heels. And we've got ACC Media Days coverage from Charlotte. Not only will we hear from Mac Brown, we've got the head coach of the Virginia Tech Hokies, Justin Fuente, on board. Also, the new coaches of Atlanta's Georgia Tech, Jeff Collins, will be on, and Miami's Miami Manny Diaz. All coming up in our ACC Media Days recap of day two. And then we'll close out this hour with our look at brand new movies hitting theaters. And where will the NASCAR fellows be racing this weekend? All that ahead on Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. 
asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. <coughs> now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Carolina Tar Heel fans are excited. Mac Brown is back in Chapel Hill. This is our y'all coverage of the ACC Media Days. Welcome back as we wrap up our show for the week. I'm John Rawl. Our number, 803-816-1170. Our website, y'all.com. Well, Mac Brown is 67 years young. He's a native of Cookville, Tennessee, and he has the unusual combination of playing college football at both Vanderbilt, Go Doors, and Florida State. He graduated at Florida State after his career as a running back there came to an end in the 1973 season, his final year playing for the Knowles. And then he went on to start his coaching career in Tallahassee and then ended up being a head coach in 1983 for one season at Appalachian State before moving on to Oklahoma to be an offensive coordinator. Then he started back coaching again in 1985 at the Tulane Green Wave. Had a great run there in New Orleans leading the Green Wave. Then got the call to go to the ACC's North Carolina Tar Heels. He was the Tar Heels coach from 1988 to 1997 and did great things for the university of north carolina so good that texas came a calling and he went to go coach the texas longhorns from 98 until 2013 winning a national championship in 2005 we all know that heroic win by texas against usc their huge win at the rose bowl well, he retired after the 2013 season kind of spun out of control. Been out of the coaching ranks for a few years, but been on ESPN and been a big part of the college football scene on television for the last few years. Well, he's back this year coaching the North Carolina Tar Heels again. Mac Brown's record, by the way, 244 wins compared to 122 losses and one tie. In bowl games, Mac Brown is 13 and 8. And after the tumultuous couple of seasons under Larry Fedora's term there in Chapel Hill, I think the stability that Mac Brown brings, and of course, some of that turmoil was off the field and all the problems with the NCAA, bringing Mac Brown in could be a stopgap measure for a year or two for UNC. But hey, we'll see how good this guy could do. He is certainly beloved and a Southern gentleman. Again, Cookville, Tennessee's own. Mac Brown, and he was back in Charlotte at ACC Media Days this week, and here is the coach of the Hills talking about his new role, his new old role, <laughs> coaching the North Carolina Tar Heel football program. We got out of coaching five years ago. I talked to Dick Verdell, and he said, don't ever say you won't get back into coaching because you don't know what opportunities will come up. You don't know that how you'll feel at that time. So I kept saying we would look at things, and every year, as much as I love TV, we would interview at, at some job. None of them seemed to fit, whether they didn't want us or we didn't want to live there or whatever. And, and I actually asked Sally a year ago, a, a 
prominent job that I was interested in called and asked if I would talk to them. I asked my wife, Sally, would you go here? And she said, no, I'm not going there. I don't want to live there. You don't fit there. That's stupid. We're not doing that. She said, I'll let you coach in Hawaii. I'll let you coach in the Bahamas. I said, they don't even have football. She says, well, we'll start a team and call them the Bahama Iguanas. And she said, I'll let you coach in Chapel Hill. She said, that's it. Well, we really liked Larry Fedora. He was a great friend. So I never thought we'd coach again. And then Bubba called at the end of the year. And it had been a year after the Hall of Fame where we had talked to a lot of different players that had played for us. And uh, they all talked about how much we meant in their lives. And they're talking to their children about things we talked to them about. And walking out of the building at North Carolina in August of last year, Sally said, there's two things I learned tonight. Number one, you better not tell a kid something as a coach unless you mean it because he's going to remember it. And number two, that there's a void in your life and you love mentoring young people and you can't do that right now with TV. And I understand that better now. And then uh, it was just a blessing for us. When, uh, I hated to see Larry go, but when Bubba called and asked us to come, uh, we just thought, I thought it was the only place I had permission to coach, number one. It's a place that we love. We had some unfinished business. We're really excited to go back, and, and we've had a wonderful eight months. Coming out of spring ball, where are you in evaluating your quarterback situation? Jeff, we uh, <clears throat> starting uh, spring ball, we, we felt like we had three talented quarterbacks, and really none of them were playing well. It was a new offense. It was, it's an offense that the quarterback has to make a lot of decisions at the line of scrimmage, and they were all pressing, and we were throwing too many interceptions, and we thought. For a team that had too many turnovers last year, it was an awful message. Uh, so what we told the quarterbacks is let's quit worrying about who's going to play. Let's learn. Let's learn the offense and do the same thing this summer. I've been asking uh, Charlie and, and Miles some today about what they've seen over the summer and, and what's happening out there. And then we told the guys that we'll make the decision uh, in the fall about who will start and who will play. And it'll be the guy that moves the team the best and gets them in the end zone. I mean, that's just it. And the biggest decision we've got to make in the next month and a half is who starts a quarterback against South Carolina. All three are talented enough. All three are good enough. All three are young. you got a freshman, two red-shirted freshmen. So it's, it's, a, it's a blessing in disguise. Uh, and you always worry about the transfer portal when you start talking about quarterbacks because if they're not playing, they usually want to transfer. So we've got to, we've got to figure all that out. North Carolina coach Mac Brown at ACC Media Days Day 2 when a focus was put on the Coastal Division of the ACC in Charlotte. And we're glad to have not only Mac Brown, we got a couple more coaches to come from that Day 2 of ACC Media Days, the ACC kickoff, technically the name there. But Mac Brown now coaching North Carolina for the second run of his career. UNC begins the season this year in Charlotte at Bank of America Stadium on Labor Day weekend. They face off against the fellows from the other side of the border. The South Carolina Gamecocks and the North Carolina Tar Heels renew their rivalry this time in Charlotte for this first game of the season. That ought to be one of the best games of the first weekend of college football. The Virginia Tech Hokies, they enter another year with Justin Fuente as the head coach. He started as Virginia Tech's coach in the 2016 season, so hard to believe this is now going to be his fourth season coaching the Hokies as they look to have a much improved 2019 season. Last year, 
the Gobblers ended up being 6-7. and seven. They lost their bowl game, the military bowl game. They did beat Virginia in a dramatic win there in Blacksburg to wrap up the regular season. But Hokie fans are looking for a lot more in 2019. And again, Fuente had a wonderful run during his couple of years guiding the Memphis State Tigers. And now coaching the Virginia Tech Hokies, they're looking for great things here in 2019. Or He's going to be on the hot seat. And this is a guy who had done great things in the Big 12 at TCU as a coordinator there before going to Memphis and then on to Virginia Tech. He's a guy who played at both Oklahoma and Murray State before going on into the coaching route. So here's the Tulsa native Justin Fuente behind the mic at ACC Media Days. Let's hear how the Hokies are going to do in 2019. You know, I think our lear- our lessons, you know, certainly there's individual lessons from individual games, but... Um, you know, there's there's an element of learning from the entire season and the entire process. Um, you know, there's two ways to look at it, and I think they're both correct. One, we certainly understand what's expected at Virginia Tech. We don't shy away from those expectations, and we dedicate ourselves every day to living up to those. Uh, we also know that last year was not good enough. Um, but there's also an element of of pride in what our kids did accomplish when faced with a tremendous amount of adversity uh, throughout the entire season. Uh, the amount of guys that played beat up, the amount of guys that pushed through um, injuries, the amount of guys that we lost that were unable to continue to go, the amount of distractions we had for them to continue to battle through the entire year, I think we can learn from that too. So uh, we have a first game this year that is on the road and is a conference game against a very good opponent that we have a tremendous amount of respect for. They're very well coached. They have a clear identity and mission and what they're trying to accomplish. And we'll have to prepare and play very well to have a chance. And we're looking forward to that opportunity. You know, I think there is a level of hunger and eagerness on our team to get back out there and try to rewrite the script or redefine our identity uh, from a year ago. As you build a program, you obviously have a certain set of characteristics about your program. But every year, the team has its own different personality. When do you identify what that particular personality is? Is it during preseason? Is it by the first open date? When is it? Well, I, we try to get a good handle on it through the off season, uh, through the springtime. Uh, you know, the, the thing is you have guys join your team. You don't have a complete team in the spring. You have guys join your team in the summer heading into fall camp, which I think adds to it. But you try to get a, a good pulse or a good or your finger at least on the pulse of the squad throughout winter conditioning, spring ball, and ultimately the summertime. And, and then – as you go through camp, I think you begin to fine-tune it. So I guess if you start with a broad-based uh, canvas, uh, when you come back from Christmas break, you try to narrow it down as the, as the season goes along and then really get down to the details in fall camp. Justin Fuente at ACC kickoff this week in Charlotte. The Hokies begin the 2019 season on the road. They've got an ACC game to kick things off as they'll be in Chestnut Hill taking on the Boston College Eagles in week one. So no easy challenge to start the 2019 season for Coach Fuente and the Virginia Tech Hokies. 
The folks in Atlanta are pretty excited about their new coach and the new offense headed to the Flats, Jeff Collins. He's an Atlanta area native, and he's starting his first season coaching the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets after coming down from Temple, where he guided the Owls to pretty good seasons in both 2017 and 2018 after Paul Johnson kind of suddenly, unexpectedly retired at the end of the 2018 season. Tech fans looking for a new coach. I kind of personally thought they would stay inside the program and elevate somebody to be the head coach, but no, they went out of the program. And as a result of that, Tech fans are going to have a new offense, no more option offense on the flats this year and going forward. And so they turned to a guy who grew up in the Atlanta area. He's a native of Conyers, Georgia. It's 48-year-old Jeff Collins. Now, he's a guy that played college football for the Western Carolina Catamounts, started his coaching career there in Cullowee with WCU, then ended up being at Georgia Tech for a couple of years as a graduate assistant. In fact, he's kind of famous for his George O'Leary days where he was really a pain in the, in the neck for the coaching staff. He pretty much told the staff, hey, let me go recruit areas y'all don't even consider to be on the map of recruiting and, and let me see what I could do. And he ended up doing a great job, so much so that he, he found his way working on to other positions. In fact, he was Georgia Tech's recruiting coordinator back in 2006 after he had left to go to Western Carolina for a couple of years, got back to Atlanta to do that, then went on to Alabama, UCF, as well as FIU as uh, coordinator positions and such. He was a co-defensive coordinator at Mississippi State, then a D.C. alone in 2013 and 2014 there in the Dan Mullen area era in Starkville. Then he got a chance to go to Florida for a couple of years. Then it was in 2017 that Jeff Collins got the call to be a head coach of the Temple Owls and now going to the ACC to be the head coach of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. He's done a lot of fun stuff for Atlanta area fans of Georgia Tech. He's got Waffle House readily available for Tech players, and it's just been a fun time. He, he's really embraced the fact that Georgia Tech is Atlanta's team and is really making Tech football great again, I guess is the fun way of saying that. Jeff Collins was at the mic in Atlanta. I think you'll hear the enthusiasm he's got for Tech showing in this audio clip. Here's the head coach of the Yellow Jackets now on the Y'all Show. The biggest thing in our program is competition, and uh, one of the biggest things in competition as a coach that you get to do is in the recruiting uh, area. And uh, so I enjoy going into the living rooms, and I enjoy uh, talking about the greatness that is going to be Georgia Tech and the educational piece. And um, so we're not going to back down from anybody um, in recruiting because we think we have something so special to sell, and that we think that young men that are being recruited should consider Georgia Tech as a destination spot um, moving forward. So that's that's the exciting piece to me. Is it, is it a tough sell? Like if somebody's also considering that school in Athens or someone's considering Clemson? No, I mean, so what's tough about living in Atlanta? It's one of the greatest cities in the Southeast in particular. What's difficult to sell about being a top four education? That's not a tough sell. Um, all of those things, the history, tradition, the great players that have come through this great institution, I don't think those are tough sells at all. I think those are things that should make uh, young men want to be a part of it. And then when they get a glimpse of our culture, how hard we work, but how much fun we have while we're working that hard, um, I think those kind of things resonate um, with high school recruits. They resonate with the fan base um, and make people want to uh, be a part of the things that we've got. Georgia Tech head football coach Jeff Collins at the ACC kickoff as Collins enters his first season 
coaching the Georgia Institute of Technology. And Tech begins their season with a little bit of a challenge. They face off against their cross-divisional rival, the Clemson Tigers. And this is the first game ever on the ACCN. It'll be a Thursday night heading into Labor Day weekend, and it starts around 7 o'clock. Clemson and Georgia Tech to get the 2019 season going Big time. Jeff Collins has quite a task ahead of him getting ready for the national champions. Well, our last clip here in our ACC kickoff recap of the Coastal Division Day in Charlotte is Manny Diaz. Manny Diaz, his first season coaching the Miami Hurricanes. Here's a guy that had been on the staff of Mark Rick there at Miami for a couple of years and now getting a chance to be a coach after Rick kind of kind of like what happened with Paul Johnson. Rick decided to give it up kind of unexpectedly. And now Diaz gets a chance to be a coach. He's been an assistant, actually, just like Jeff Collins. He was an assistant a coordinator of the defense and Starkville for the Mississippi State Bulldogs a couple of years ago, too. So these two guys now find themselves head coaches in the ACC Coastal Division. Manny Diaz, the Florida native at the mic at the ACC kickoff. Let's hear what he had to say about the U. Well, we're, we're not what we were when we lived off the field in New York uh, last episode. We're not that team. What team we are, um, I'm not really sure yet. Um, we're going to get a, we're going to get an idea of that next Friday when we get back together again. Um, our focus the whole season is to learn how to be a team that's defined by our toughness uh, and our level of competition, which is really what the University of Miami has always been founded on. And those are not things that sound foreign to any other coach or any other football program. But there's just certain things that at the University of Miami there's been a very specific recipe for success. Uh, when it's followed, Miami generally wins a lot of games, but it's not for whatever reason they generally don't. So um, I felt like in the past that we were a team that on different days would, would play at different levels, and um, and so we're trying to create a competition. The son of the former mayor of the city of Miami, Florida, Manny Diaz. That was little Manny there. Manny Diaz, Manny Alberto Diaz II, who is now 45 years young, coaching in his hometown, did you know that Manny Diaz is actually an alum of Florida State University, class of 1995, but now coaching the rival of the Knowles, the Miami Hurricanes, and the Hurricanes begin their season, well, they get a jump start on everybody else. Miami and the Florida Gators have that big game on August 24th, just one month away from the start of college football and this big celebration of the 150th anniversary of college football's beginning Back in 1869, and Miami and Florida, old rivals that don't get to play that much, they're going to have a game in Orlando August 24th, and Manny Diaz will be the head coach of the Miami Hurricanes in this game, his first coach, first game as head coach of the Canes. That should be a fun way to start the college football season in 2020. 19. And that will wrap up our coverage of the ACC kickoff from Charlotte, as we heard from a couple of the coaches. Now, we didn't hear from the other three coaches, including David Cutcliffe there in Charlotte there for the ACC Midi Days. But all in all, the ACC holding its own. We had SEC coverage in Hour 1 today. Those two conferences really are the the king of the field here of college football. They are your defending national champion, Clemson, and we all know how strong the SEC. Yes, we covered the Big 12. Yes, I gave some love to the Big 12 earlier this week when they had their get-together in Arlington, Texas. And yes, we covered the other conferences. CUSA had their media days as we We'll get on to more of that next week. I'll try to get you some audio from the CUSA media day event, maybe some Big 12 audio, all that next week. 
But we've got so much to cover here and so little time. We want to give our two big ones here in the Southeast, the ACC and the SEC, plenty of attention and give them their due respect here on this Y'all Show End of the Week edition. When we come back, we will be at the end of the week. We'll have our look at the new movies in theaters this weekend. Plus, we'll take a look at other sports, what's going on in other sports like NASCAR, if that's a sport, maybe more of an entertainment form, and what else is going on. All that coming up, and from Dixie with Love, we'll send us home for the weekend. This is y'all. You don't want to miss it. Stay where you are. Welcome to Sherwin-Williams. Hi there. I heard paints are 40% off. Yep, and stains too. Right here. Mm Mm-hmm. Only at your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Right now. Well, July 19th through the 22nd. Right on. Right? Ask Sherwin-Williams July 19th through 22nd and save 40% on paints and stains with sale prices starting at $23.09. Only at your local Sherwin-Williams store. Retail sales only. Sub-exclusions apply. See store for details. Hip at a time like a broken field runner slipping through the line. He likes the way she looks, so he calls a little wife. Says, Don't wait up for me, I'll be working late tonight. Wife hangs up the phone, burst into tears, calls her sister up and cries, Get over here. Sister tells her boyfriend, Be back in a while. Boyfriend wants a beer, the store is just a mile. He leaves the motor running, he'll only be a minute. His car drives away with teenagers in it. It's the final segment here as we close down the week. This is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent with your gracious host. John Rawl, again, our website where you can log on and find so much more about the Southeast than you ever dreamt of, is 803-816-1170. That's our number. Our website, y'all.com, our number is 803-816-1170. I get so excited. I just can't keep all this stuff straight. Twitter, Instagram, at y'all show. And, of course, you can find us on the streaming apps if you have them on your phone or your iPad, iHeartRadio, also Apple Podcast, and the TuneIn Radio apps. Go on and search for the Y'all Show. Like us, follow us, and we'll be set up to come to your streaming device at your leisure. Of course, I want to thank all of our great radio affiliates that carry the Y'all Show each and every day. This is the show that's all about the South, and it's our pleasure to serve you as the all-Southern show. The new movies and theaters this weekend. Hey, this is going to be a big one. As Beyonce, Seth Rogen, and Donald Glover all are part of the voices of the Lion King after the murder of his father, a young lion prince flees his kingdom only to learn the true meaning of responsibility and bravery. This is the animated version of the Lion King out this weekend. Probably going to be a big one in the theaters. A A documentary that's debuting this weekend David Crosby, Remember My Name. Of course, it stars David Crosby, the great singer and part of the Crosby, Stills, Nash fame. David Crosby, this is a portrait of a man with everything but an easy retirement on his mind. And uh, got Roger McGuinn there, Cameron Crowe, and more. Directed by A.J. Eaton. David Crosby, Remember My Name. If you're into a documentary here this weekend, check one, check that one out. Between Me and My Mind is a new documentary out this weekend. It's driven by a contrast needed to create. Fish frontman Trey Anastasio takes on new projects, including some of his most personal music to date as well as Fish's ambitious New Year's Eve show 
at Madison Square Garden. Trey Anastasio and Ernest Anastasio in this music-themed documentary, Between Me and My Mind, out this weekend. And finally, Into the Ashes. This is a movie out this weekend, a crime, drama, mystery, thriller. And this stars Marguerite Moreau, James Badge Dale. I remember him from The Pacific on HBO. That is a new flick available for you to view this weekend if you're heading to a local movie theater. Now to a really unusual story for an NBA superstar, James Harden. He's not doing too bad these days. He's got a few extra dollars. How about what he's just done? James Harden, the beard, has bought a stake in the Houston Dynamo of Major League Soccer. And he's purchased this minority stake in the investment group that controls the MLS's Houston Dynamo, the NWSL's Houston Dash, as well as BBVA Stadium. And the Houston Dynamo announced this transaction on Thursday. In a statement, James Harden said, I'm very excited about the opportunity to join the ownership group of the Houston Dynamo and Houston Dash and proud to be part of a club with a tremendous history and a great future. James Harden, a owner of a soccer franchise, and actually the Dynamo put a tweet out, great day in the H with James Harden joining the Forever Orange family and has a picture of him wearing a Houston Dynamo soccer kit i think is the term in soccer a jersey for all of us in the other other sports and it's got the beard buys in with him wearing his orange and black looking houston dynamo soccer jersey the seven-time nba all-star recently signed a guaranteed 228 million dollar contract with the houston rockets back in 2017 so yeah he's got a little extra spending money to spend on things like the houston dynamo I'm also impressed that he's got an ownership of this BBVA stadium. I've actually seen at least two college football games played in the Houston area of where this stadium is. So good news. If you're a James Harden fan, at least he's kind of sowing his roots, it looks like, in the Houston area. NASCAR this weekend, after they were racing in Kentucky last weekend, the Go Fast and Turn Left crowd will be in New Hampshire this weekend, racing the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series at New Hampshire. That race Sunday, 3 Eastern, 2 Central on NBCSN. And that is your NASCAR news for this weekend. Well, that will wrap up our Y'all Show again. It's the 50th anniversary this weekend of the landing on the moon. Exciting times in our nation's history. We'll be right back here come Monday with more y'all excitement. And next week, we've got a lot of great stuff coming your way. We've got a lot of music to get to you. In fact, Rhonda Vincent, the queen of bluegrass music, is going to be a special guest on Wednesday of next week. So we're excited to have bluegrass front and center with Rhonda Vincent, the Missouri native. And we'll find out what's going on with her. Plus, we'll get the latest from Nashville with Precious Harris on Wednesday. And we'll have other fun stuff next week. We've got a great guest coming on Monday that's going to kind of be an inspiration story coming to us from Memphis, Tennessee. A person that had been hooked on drugs, then found the Lord and has done great things in business in the Memphis area. He's going to be our guest come Monday that you don't want to miss in our entrepreneur spotlight. All that next week on The Y'all Show. Have a great weekend. We can't wait to see you back here all of next week. And thanks for listening to The Y'all Show with your host, John Rawl. Have a wonderful, historic weekend. That's one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. Oh, that looks beautiful, man.
Other products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252.